Hello there, my name is Luke and this is Inside Industry with IREO. Today we're interviewing Tiffany Rice, the program developer uh, for the E3 program. Tiffany, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Luke? Well, I'm doing wonderful. So we're just going to get right into it. To start off, can you tell me a little bit about yourself? Sure. I was raised in North Carolina. You probably hear a slight Southern uh, accent. I, I think it's slight, but when I go home, they think it's gone. Raised in North Carolina. I did my undergraduate master's degree at Appalachian State University, focused really on exercise physiology, and then uh, attended Virginia Tech for my doctoral degree, and that was in the Department of Curriculum Instruction. So my PhD is actually in curriculum instruction with a concentration in, in health promotion. And most of my academic career, I've been a faculty member at, at several uh, academic institutions and primarily taught in programs like exercise science and uh, kinesiology. Oh, okay. Now, what were some of the institutions that you taught at? I've taught, uh, see, over here, well, uh, in Seattle, I taught uh, at Bastyr University, then also at uh, Seattle University. I taught as an adjunct at Lake Washington Institute of Technology, and I teach currently as an adjunct at American Public University. That's an online, 100% online institution. And uh, I've been at Washington State University since 2015. Wow, you just can't get out of Washington, right? No. Well, we purposely came to Washington, actually. I, uh, uh, visited uh, Seattle in, in, I think it was around 19, maybe 1999. I, I attended a conference in uh, Seattle and I went back and said to my spouse, we really need to move to Seattle. So we made a pointed effort uh, to, to actually move from the East Coast to the West Coast. I'm really glad that you were able to come to the West Side, because, or not West Side, the West Coast. And because now we get to you know, work with you in Rio and at Washington State University. So I think we got the better end of the deal. I feel bad for North Carolina. <laughs> well, I still go home and visit. I do have family there. You work here at Washington University and you work with the IREO team and specifically you've been working with the E3 program. So could you kind of tell me what exactly is the E3 program? The E3 program stands for, E3 stands for Extension, Engagement, and Education. And the primary goal of uh, E3 is to promote experiential and interdisciplinary, interdisciplinary learning and research opportunities across the curriculum. Um, primarily, we've worked with undergraduate courses, but undergraduate capstone courses, but we're also trying to work with uh, graduate courses as well as uh, just faculty researchers and potentially their graduate students. Another goal of uh, E3 is to develop new public and private uh, partnerships, uh, so work with exter external stakeholders, and uh, then also to potentially attract additional external funding uh, to support those efforts of the experiential learning opportunities for students in, in uh, developing the, the partnership. My role in E3 is to work with external st stakeholders, primarily community partners and uh, private industry, and work with them uh, in developing their, re their relationships, and uh, they identify projects and problems, and then my job is to match make those projects and problems with various courses across the WSU campuses, and have the, the faculty and the students in those courses work on solving those projects, or providing possible solutions for those uh, problems and projects for the community stakeholders. Now, how does E3 work with IREO? Well, the Innovation Research uh, Engagement Office is focused on industry outreach and working with, with faculty in research efforts and connecting them with, with industry, external industry. This is a little different uh, in that I still work with uh, external stakeholders. Focus is less research the way we think of research as far as academic research focused, but 
and, and it's more interdisciplinary and experiential learning opportunities for students. But if we would just tweak the way we think about research and expand that a little bit beyond kind of the publish or perish kind of research that most academics think of when they think of research. Uh, students, when they are engaging in this, these projects and solving uh, and providing potential solutions or, or, or problem solving for these uh, external stakeholders, they actually have to go through the research process. Now, it's not going to be publishable kind of research, but they're still, they have to familiarize themselves with the uh, industry, the problem, they have to come up with a hypothesis and then they have to be able to present that hypothesis uh, or potential solution to the external stakeholder. And that's effectively, you know, the first steps in the research process. Fascinating. Now, when and how did E3 start? Well, the efforts started a few years ago uh, with, with uh, Brian Kraft and some faculty on campus who were interested in trying to find ways to kind of expand the, the Boeing Scholars model. And what they really needed in, in these efforts was someone who could do the matchmaking, right? Who could ultimately take on the responsibility of working with the, these industry groups uh, and these community partners, and then being able to uh, identify courses and faculty on campus and matchmake those, matchmake those two, the external and the internal stakeholders. And I happened just to fall into to this position in uh, 2018 and have been working on building this program ever since. Now, I know you're the one building the program. Do you have any other team members? Well, I would say Rio is actually a, a pretty formidable team. And, and I think we all kind of work with each other on, on, everyone's, on everyone's efforts. And even though my efforts are, are, um, are a little different than, than some of the team members, you know, I feel very supported and I feel like, you know, everyone is in this to promote all the different components of Rio, and A3 is just one of them. Oh, okay. Well, what I'm wondering next is, has there been sort of a aha moment or where you just felt like you hit a home run or milestone for the E3 team? When we were first able to find courses and faculty to work on the, the initial projects we had last year, the pilot projects, that I felt like that was a pretty substantial milestone because it, it kind of helped me really understand the process. And it can be a lengthy process to find the right course and the right faculty uh, member who's willing to take a project like this on for their, for their course. So I felt like that was a pretty, a pretty good milestone. I mean, this is still very much in its infancy, I would say, and uh, it has a lot of development still, still to, to work through. As far as the process goes, I would say another milestone that we were able to reach is we did, we have solicited a project from the city of Spokane, which is a very big uh, project with very substantial deliverables. We were able to identify a class and, uh, and this may be just phase one of this project and there'll potentially be multiple phases to this project. So that was another big milestone. And right now we've, in the pilot last year, we matched three projects and we, identified five projects from extension, uh, from WSU extension this year. Two have kind of had to slow their process down because of COVID related issues. But the other three, I've, I've already found some, some pretty good faculty and a pretty solid faculty uh, cor and courses to work on in the fall, even given all the COVID chaos that's going on. So again, just a, another great milestone and we'll just continue to, to work through this as the projects come in. You mentioned the Spokane project, and that's a milestone you're really proud of. Are there any other projects such as the Spokane project that you're really proud of that are in the process or finished? I'm really proud of all the projects. What, what I've experienced uh, in working on this is 
first of all, I learned a lot, which I think is, is very valuable to me personally. But the initial, most of the initial projects uh, came from uh, WSU Extension County Directors, faculty and county directors, because they're out in the real world and they know their communities and they know what problems you know, their communities need, need to address. And oftentimes they lack the resources to do that. So this is a great way for, for them to access you know, individuals to work on these projects in, in, a, in a very cost-effective manner. And it gives the students in real world experiential learning opportunities, right? So it's a win-win for both the community partner as well as for the students, I think, because uh, the experiential learning opportunities, the real world application is, I think, incredibly important for students, especially as they're, they're about to enter um, into the real world, about to graduate and enter into the real world. But the, pro the process has just been amazing. I mean, the, the WSU Extension faculty have been amazing to work with. They've really taken a lot of ownership of these projects and work closely with the faculty and students in most cases. And then the, the course faculty have been amazing to work with, as have the students. And there's a little bit of management and oversight from me, kind of once the matchmaking process to, uh, is addressed. But for the most part, you know, they, they do, you know, it really is self-managed by the extension faculty member as well as the, the course faculty member. And I think that, again, it, it, it helps what these particular projects have really done is they've helped extension faculty get a better understanding of, of how things work on campus and it's helped the camp the campus faculty and students first be introduced to WSU Extension and to have the opportunity to see you know what's actually going on out there in the real world and that you know get that opportunity to really work on those um, on those real world learning opportunities. We had the app development, we had the, the exploratory project where they just kind of dove into what the possibilities are with you know, using technology and agriculture. We had a healthy community store one where they actually wanted students to, to dive into the literature view on how other areas of the country have dealt with food deserts and, and how they've promoted healthy foods within food deserts, things like that, right? So it's some really interesting and broad ranging topics. It certainly seems like E3 is getting a lot done with the short time they've been around. Now, you've talked about some of the projects that you have completed. So what's up next with the E3 program right now? Right now, we are, uh, I've identified, you know, like I said, some, some courses and faculty who I think are, are pretty solid goes for the fall. We'll see. What's interesting about these, these projects, I think, is that they oftentimes turn into multiple phases. So the, there's the initial project and, and generally a, an initial course to, to work on those. But then what the extension faculty generally realize uh, is, hey, you know, this, there, there can actually be a phase two to this. You know, we, we, we accomplished so much in phase one. Uh, let's, let's extend this into to spring semester. So I'm looking forward to seeing what those what these phases turn out to be and the projects where we've um, matched for, for fall. Another thing that I would really like to see E3 do is become more interdisciplinary. And when I say that, what would really be, what would be ideal would be, uh, and I think this goes back to some of the original, some of the original intent of a program like this, is to have a particular pro you know, work with, with a stakeholder, external stakeholder, or identify a project or problem, and then be able to find multiple courses from different disciplines in the same semester to work on these projects and then actually be able to have those faculty and courses work together uh, in a very interdisciplinary type of, of, of way. Um, because, you know, when we get out in the real world, most problems are not so solved in a silo. So it's very beneficial, I think, for it would be very beneficial for these students to have the opportunity to work with students outside their own major, you know, and, and look at the problem and learn how to look at the problem a little bit differently. That might be a goal that we can work on for the upcoming year or two to, to try to make these, try to find ways to make these more interdisciplinary. Interesting. Now, do you see the E3 program developing into something 
something bigger here at the university? That would be ideal. I think that there is a great need for these experiential learning opportunities for students, the real world application. Theory is great, and you certainly, and as a student, you certainly have to have good grasp of theory, but it is the application of that theory that shows real knowledge, and being able to apply that, I think, is, is the next step in the process and in the learning process, and so to be able to do that kind of in a safe environment under the tutelage of a faculty member, I think is a, is a really great uh, opportunity for students, and I, I would think that this would be something that many students would be interested in, you know, engaging in, in that process before they before they graduate and, and enter into the real world. Absolutely, I agree. So how has COVID-19 and social distancing affected your ability to scout for projects? Thankfully, most of these projects, the call for these, and, and what, what happens right now is WSU Extension, and particularly, particularly I think the DGSS, um, component of uh, extension, uh, division of extension. They put out or what we call RFPs and, and they're not requests for proposals, but they're requests for projects to the county directors. These requests for, uh, these requests for projects go out, right, right now we're, we're, we're uh, submitting those once, once a year, uh, generally in, in late winter, early spring. And so most of these projects were actually s submitted to us prior to, the, to COVID to the um, stay-at-home orders, stay-at-home order from the governor. So thankfully, everyone is seems to be Zoom proficient at this point. So I can certainly reach out to faculty or email and then have been able to meet with them via Zoom. And, you know, there have been some conversations in, in, in talking to this fa these faculty members about what would happen, you know, under a circumstance when we don't come back in the fall. But thankfully, most of these projects, you know, would certainly maybe not be quite as robust, but would certainly be doable, at least in an initial phase of those would be doable, you know, online as well. So it's not ideal, but it would certainly, you know, so I, although COVID um, has postponed a couple of these projects, because like I said, five were submitted for next year, but th only three are going forward at this particular time because of, of COVID delays. But for in those three projects, it's, you know, it's been, a, it's been a great experience to try to find faculty to, and their courses to work on these projects. And I've not really had any problem, mostly because of, you know, the uh, video conferencing we have. Absolutely. We had talked about some of the projects that E3 has been working with and what you guys have been doing. Now, have any of these projects gone long enough to see job opportunities created for the students who were involved with them? We just really finished our pilot year. So of the three projects, I am not aware of any students who were able to secure positions. I do know of one that ended up pursuing an internship where, where they were located or where, where they worked. Um, so that was another, I mean, that's another great opportunity for students. I mean, it's oftentimes I think they're not aware of all the different ways, you know, they could use their degree from an internship perspective. So being able to expand that out a little bit from, and, and then, you know, internships, this is not a guarantee, but internships often do turn into jobs later. So that, that might be a, another kind of avenue for students to think about when thinking about this, these particular projects. And I don't think a whole lot of students always also realize the opportunities internships can get because I have often seen internships lead to, you know, full-fledged careers and mm -hmm. there's a lot of power that comes with internships. So I definitely agree with you on that. Yeah. Tiffany. Now, is there anything that we haven't asked you about that you would like to talk about? Not anything specifically we, we haven't already mentioned, but I would like just to reiterate that the E3 is a really innovative program that allows me to work with community partners, industry partners, these external stakeholders in project and problem development, and then match make those with various faculty and courses across the WSU campus to work on solving those, those problems. 
and then providing potential or possible solutions to the external stakeholder. And, and of course, we, we have started primarily working with undergraduate courses, especially across capstone courses, but we are also uh, looking to work with you know, graduate courses and individual faculty and potentially their graduate students from a research perspective as well. The only other thing I would I'd like to, to mention too is, is how maybe talk a little bit about how we, we differ slightly from how we think about traditional research uh, in academia. If you understand the scientific process, uh, basically you, you start with a question. Everything starts with a question and it starts with a problem. And we do the same thing. So it starts with a problem that is then developed into a, a project that uh, students can take on in courses. They have to do a, a literature review. They have to really understand the, the space in order to be able to address those, those problems. And then they come up with a hypothesis. Some classes they've been able to actually kind of work through testing that hypothesis and then provide the, the viable solution to the external stakeholder and other in other instances it really has just been getting to the point of here are several potential possibilities of solutions we have for you and, and you then get to go out and test them in you in your community or in, in the area in which you you seek to do so we really had but the project's various so a perfect example of that is one of the projects we worked on last year was actually the development of an app and this was a year-long project where, you know, it was, here's the problem project. We need a mobile app to help agriculture uh, better to better monitor water uh, in their fields, help agriculture people manage the, the water in their fields and our farmers manage the water in their fields. And they have to test that. And there's no real way to share that with other farmers. So problem, the students in order to be able to really understand that, I mean, these are computers. We worked with the computer science class, the, the students, to really be able to work on that, really had to really dive into agriculture, you know, water policy, water testing. So they had to really understand that in order to be able to develop the mobile app for the individual who proposed this, this project uh, that works primarily in agriculture. So that, that was a really great example of the literature view, the, the, the problem, the understanding of the problem that's necessary having an actual hypothesis on how this mobile app could work, testing that mobile app with uh, individuals and uh, then actually having it deliverable for uh, individuals to use. And that project actually will continue into next year as well. So there'll be more features added to that. So that's actually a potentially commercializable project. Another example would be where it was all an exploratory project where they looked at the use of technology in agriculture. So they basically did a really deep dive on the use of things like drones, uh, artificial intelligence and, and blockchain. And in its use in agriculture, so they had to really, the students had to really conduct an expansive literature review on how it has been used in, in agriculture in the past and ways that it's projected to be used in the future and then provide this particular external stakeholder with potential costs as well for what that actually costs. And is, is it, doing a cost-benefit analysis, is it actually worth it to use that kind of technology to, to monitor uh, and manage agriculture better? So that's just some examples of, of how this is similar to, to research and not, again, most of it's not going to be published in academic journals, but it is, it is very much following the, the research process. Interesting. Now you mentioned in the, the first project you were talking about how students were involved. What kind of students are eligible for program creation through E3? Any students that are actually associated with or taking a course uh, at WFU. So like I said, we primarily in the past year, 
we worked across capstone courses, uh, which are undergraduate courses. But you know, we will certainly work with graduate uh, courses as well as uh, faculty who might be experts or subject matter experts in a particular area, and their grad students as well, if if to to develop further research along these areas too. So it doesn't. It, it, again, we started with undergrads, but graduates were totally open to working with graduate courses as well. I mean, the, the entire process is actually uh, pretty interesting, right? Because we see these projects come in. I mean, the processes, the projects come in, the request for projects come in. I meet with all the external stakeholders that are involved in that project. And sometimes it's not just the county director or faculty member that's in, involved in, in the project. They also are working with other groups within the county. We always have a, a meeting with them. The, you know, this past semester, it's, or this, this spring, it's been on Zoom, of course, or on, on video conference. I get a I get better clarity in, in those conversations with them on exactly what they're looking for. And and then the E3 working group, which is comprised of myself and, and Brian Kraft from Innovation and Research Engagement, as as well as some individuals from the College of Arts and Sciences, individuals from the Center for Civic Engagement, and individuals from WSU Extension. Uh, we meet once a month and then what I do is bring those projects to them and and they actually help me identify various programs that might be good fits for, for these particular projects, the disciplines, the subject areas. And then uh, generally I, I walk away with some contacts, some contact points and start there and then just kind of follow the breadcrumbs to get to the, the right individual, you know, that's, that's willing to take this on you know, for, their, for their courses beginning that next year. It's a pretty long process, but it's, it's actually pretty interesting. And, and I've met a ton of people and been, been engaged in, and just uh, been involved in, in, in uh, so much of this process and that's really and learned a lot through this as well not just the program development but just all the different things that are going on out there that otherwise you know i would not have any idea i think that's that's also very beneficial well i would hope they would be engaged considering that's one of your e's in your net in your uh, program title you know the center for civic engagement is also very much involved in this and i think to some degree what we're doing is expanding on what they already do you know they already you know solicit projects particularly from nonprofits that have a civic engagement component and you know we're in and find faculty to to do to work on those projects as well but we're we're not limited so we're kind of expanding on that we're not limited to the civic engagement aspect and you know we can also work with private industry and and, and things like that whereas they can't and and the biggest differentiators may be in the deliverables and the outcomes that the partners are seeking between those two groups but we just kind of i kind of see it as we're just kind of expanding what the Center for Civic Engagement already does. That's great to hear. Um, well, Tiffany, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your time and hearing about uh, the work that the E3 program is doing and what you're doing with it. So thank you again for coming on and letting us interview. We really appreciate it. No, thank you. Enjoyed it. Uh, so did we. Well, that's it for today. Thank you all for listening. My name is Luke and this is Inside Industry with Irene.